Thank you for joining us for this episode. The Inner Conversation is brought to you by the Living Word of Christ Ministries. Our mission is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can watch service live at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. Or if you miss service, you can catch what you missed on our YouTube channel. We hope you enjoy. Matthew this morning. I'm excited. We went through the whole book of Matthew. And hopefully, uh, we remember most of it, right? Or taking notes or whatever. If not, you always go to Facebook. We have all the videos and whatnot saved there on uh, YouTube or even Instagram. We have all the videos to go back in. If there's always something that may have missed or didn't catch or just, I forgot the word. If you didn't catch it, you always go back and reflect off of it. And, you know, it's always available for us to go back. So Matthew 28 this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for for salvation, my God, this morning. Let your word come out true. Let it come out overflowing, God. Let it come out, God, to uh, just speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us to receive it. Help us to acknowledge it, Lord with all our hearts this morning, everything, God, that just is a hindrance right now in our lives, I pray, Lord, that you deal with them, my God. Help us to overcome these things, Lord, and help us, Lord, just to see you this morning and nothing else, my God. Speak to us directly, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 28 this morning. The title of this message is, He is Alive, Jesus is Alive. Jesus is Alive, okay? If you have not heard the news just yet in your Christian walk, in your Christian faith, Jesus is still alive as much as he was as a person that is sitting next to you this morning. If you're not sitting next to someone, well, Jesus is right there next to you. Amen. It doesn't matter if you're sitting alone. It doesn't matter if you feel lonely. Jesus is there no matter what because he stays close to those that are brokenhearted. He stays close to those that that are struggling. He stays close to those that he calls his own. And each and every one of us, we're called his own child. Why? Because we're his creation. We're his creation. Who does not stand by those that were created? How many of us stand by our kids? Right? No matter how how bad they can be, no matter how how bad they, they don't listen to us, no matter how much of a problem they can be, we stand by them no matter what. How much have our, our favorite pets, right? Our favorite pets, no matter how much they poop on the carpet, no matter how much they pee on the carpet, no matter how much fur they release, we still love them no matter what. And see, Jesus, no matter how messed up we can be at times, no matter how messed up we are at times, and no matter how far bad we go or how far astray we go, He still loves us the same amount. Why? Because He knows that sooner or later we're going to come back to Him. Sooner or later, we're going to acknowledge that we made a mistake. Sooner or later, we're going to come back to our senses and say, you know what, Lord, forgive me again for the thousandth time. Forgive me again for the fifth time. You see, God's grace and his love, it surpasses all our understanding. And it's amazing on how his love just continues to love on us no matter what. Matthew 28, starting at verse 1, it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Madeline and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone 
from the door and sat on it. So here's an angel from the Lord coming down and rolling the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The awesome appearance of one of the Lord's angels is one of a kind. How awesome is that? How, 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 would, how would your reaction be to see an angel appear before you? Just like that. Lost for words, not knowing on how to receive or how to talk or how to, to even acknowledge such, a, such an awesome thing. I want to read a scripture in John, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. It says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. The angel was a reflection of who God is. Just as we should represent ourselves as God's children. See, a presentation, we represent the Lord. And at the same time, the light that is within us, just like Zodiac was saying, we should let that light continue to shine even in our darkest times. Why? Because even in the darkest times, Jesus' light prevails. Jesus' light overcomes the darkness. And as long as we have Jesus in our lives and our hearts, no matter what situation we're facing, no matter what type of darkness we're coming up against, no matter how much of a heart of a trial that we're facing, the light of the Lord will continue to shine through and give us that direction that we need for that hour, for that day. Not only for that day, but for the rest of our lives. See, it's important for us to know that we are a reflection of Jesus Christ. Just as we see men or construction workers, and how they work at night and they wear those uh, reflective vests, they wear them so they won't get hit, right? So they won't get ran over, so that they, they are not an obstacle to a car or oncoming traffic. They wear these things so that they can be seen, even in the midst of the darkness. How you see these bicycles, when they ride at night, they have the flashing lights on them, right? Why? So they won't get hit, so you can acknowledge them, so you see them, and you know exactly what it is. That's a bicycle. That's a man working on the yard. That's a Christian believer. Why? Because no matter what they're going through, they're still speaking in faith. They're still speaking in love. That's a believer right there. And it's showing and it's evident. They don't even have to say they go to church. This is how we know that we're presenting Christ the way that we should. We should not be leaving people confused on whether are they Christian or are they not. Do they really believe God or do they not? We want to let people know that this is what it is and exactly what it is and leave that impression upon them. On verse 4 it says, And the guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The guards were terrified from what they were seeing with no reaction or anything to say. Uh, like me, I don't know what I would do. The guards were not believers. The guards were there just basically doing their duty of guarding the tomb of Jesus. 
And it says here that they were scared as dead men. They had no words to say. They had no action to take. They didn't go and try to fight off this angel. They, they had no idea what was going on. And it's funny on how the presence of God can impact us no matter in what state of mind, no matter in what part of life we're in, and how His power and His authority can have such an impact in our lives, even when we do not acknowledge Him, even when we want to deny Him, even when we are feeling stubborn, even when we are feeling prideful, even though we're trying to resist Him, how His power and His authority just shuts us up. And how we just kind of like, we just tighten up and we're like, man, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being this way. Just like in Acts chapter 22, verse 9. And it goes on to say, I'm going to start at verse 7. It says, And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. And this is when Saul was converted. This is when Saul had the interaction with the Lord on the road of, to Damascus. This is when Saul was touched by the Lord but yet those that were surrounded by him even felt the presence of the Lord, but could not hear the voice. And I'm saying this because when we continue to feel the presence of the Lord in our lives, others around you may not directly hear what you're hearing, but yet they're going to feel an anointing. They're going to feel such an impact from your life. Why? Because wherever you go, the presence of the Lord goes with you. It's not something that you leave at home in, the, in your prayer corner. It's not something that you have to go and unlock the safe and say, okay, Lord, I'm letting your presence out from the safe. No, it goes with you 24-7. So even though you're hearing the voice of the Lord and the voice of the Lord is saying to do whatever it is that is in His will, others that are around you are going to feel that same impact. Have you ever felt someone come into a room and they're, and, and they're really moody. They, don't, they haven't said a word just yet, right? They haven't said nothing yet. And they are such in a mood. And they walk by you and they have, they're not even telling you anything. They walk by you and you just sense that like, oh, like what, what's wrong with them? What's, what's, whoa, you know, what do they have last night? They're in a bad mood. They don't have to say nothing. Look at the way that they're walking. Look at this. Look at that. They just see it. But they're not telling them nothing, but we all see it. The same thing when we have the presence of the Lord. We walk because we walk in confidence, not because of how our stature, not because of the way, the way that we think of ourselves, because we walk in the confidence of the Lord. See, when we walk into a room, we're not walking to impress nobody. We're not walking to, to get in some type of impression to say, oh, nice hair today, or, or you're well-dressed, or this. It doesn't matter. I'm not coming here to receive any of that. I'm coming here to receive the word of the Lord because I am feeling encouraged. I need encouragement, and this is my purpose. 
But when you're walking in and you're just hungry and you're just needing the word, but yet everything that comes out from you is the spirit of God. Guess what? I want to hang out with that person. I want to know what they're doing to stay so, stay so strong. I want to know how they're going on living a life like this that no matter what's hitting them, that they're able to walk in confidence. How do you gain that confidence? How do you gain that ability to not care about anything? Well, that's because I give all my worries to God and that's just it. Well, what about your job? What about the people? What about this? What about them? The Bible says that I will be persecuted. The Bible says that I will face these things. The Bible says that if I am of God that, and, and they hated Jesus, that they're going to just hate me as much as him. So what about it? What can I do? What did Jesus do? What was his reaction? What was his sin? How was his heart during this time? I must make sure that I'm keeping the same example as Jesus did. That I'm keeping the same heart. That I'm keeping the same mentality. That I'm keeping the same purpose that he purposed. Whatever purpose that is that God has given me, I want to make sure that that purpose stays instilled within me. Lord, do not let me lose track. Keep me going. Keep me on track. Because I could tell you even today that there are so many things in this world that will take us off track. There's so many things. And it seems like it's becoming more easier and easier for us to be distracted. Heck, sometimes we don't need a trial to happen in our lives. Sometimes we just need to wake up in the morning in a bad mood. Right? Have you ever had that before? You wake up in the morning in a bad mood and, and they're asking you what's wrong? Nothing. I just woke up this way. No, you didn't wake up that way. We chose to wake up that way. We chose to believe in, in our own, whatever we're feeling that day. How are we waking up? How are we reacting to every situation? Because it's always been about consistency. We don't like that word. Consistency, that means always doing it, always being it, no matter what, no matter how you how you feel and no matter anything. Because consistency is something that we need in our relationship with Jesus. And it's crazy. This is where Saul was converted to Paul on the road to Damascus. And it's just as the presence of God and how it keeps us, and at the same time, how it silences us. It silences us. You know, we get, we get in our moods, we, we get into this place of, we want to argue with God. And sometimes, we know, when we want to argue with God, we go into prayer. Man, Lord, I, I don't believe in this, I don't, I don't see why this and why that. And, and we just go to Him, we let Him have it. And we want to argue with God, thinking that we're going to win. And then he just, sends, he just tells us something very, very simple. And, it, and all of a sudden, our attitude, our behavior, the way that we're thinking, it just it dies. Why? Because he comes in. He doesn't come in aggressively, but he comes in with his love. And he speaks direction. He speaks clarity. And he tells us exactly why he does certain things at certain times. And then when he speaks to us, how it just shuts us up. And we have nothing else to say but, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. And how our anger and how our malice and how all this ugliness, it just begins to melt off and go away. 
Why? Because of the love of the Lord, how it just covers us and helps us to understand why we're facing that, uh, what we're facing that day, why we're going through, why we're going through that day. See, the way that we see it is every trial and every situation that we face is exactly just what it is. But see, we must begin to rethink and reprogram our minds and our hearts. Whatever situation that I'm going through is another step for me to grow closer to the Lord. But it all depends on how we handle that problem. It all depends on how we handle that solution, that, that issue. Because if we hold back what God wants to do, and we give what we want to give, guess what? We just took a step back. God will give another opportunity to swallow that pride and then do it right the next time. And then guess what? When you do it right the next time, then he'll give you another opportunity to grow and grow and grow. But those opportunities are for us to learn, to grow from it, to change. Verse 5, it says, But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. Therefore, you will see him. Behold, I have told you. I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. They left immediately. They left immediately from the tomb to bring word to the disciples. I want to read a scripture in John chapter 1. Verse, starting at verse 6, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, and all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was true, that was the true light, which gives the light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Just as they were told by the angel to go tell the disciples that Jesus is risen, that Jesus was alive, just as he said, to go quickly and go tell his disciples of the word. They could have just sat there even after the angel had spoken to them, and they could have stayed there in disbelief. They could have stayed there just wondering. They could have tried staying there and tried to make sense of it all, but instead they went ahead and did what was asked. Because I'm telling you this morning, when God tells us to do something, it's not for us to make any sense of it. It's for us to go and do it. Why? Because it's not just for you, but it's for everyone else that you're going to go deliver that message to. When God tells you, go to L.A. and go do a, a pastor's conference. Go to L.A. and go do a, a pastor's lunch. Man, Lord, what am I going to do? What, what can I say? What can I offer? You got many pastors that have been pastoring for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And then you got a pastor that's been pastoring for only three years, two years. What can I give? How can I give it? What? I have all these questions. And the Lord's just saying, why are you asking all these questions? Why don't you just go and do what I ask you to do? Okay. And he do it, and God proves himself, and God shows himself, and here you are feeling like, why do I even bother questioning the Lord? Why do I bother even asking any questions? If I would have stopped doing what God asked me to do, then how would others hear? 
if I stop believing in what God is telling me to do, how would he accomplish anything in my life? And how would others hear the good news? See, we can't say and we can't think nothing special of, our, of ourselves in this sense, but we have to think to ourselves. We have to realize for our own hearts, if God is telling us to do something, it's for a reason. The angel told the ladies, told both Marys to go tell the disciples and let them know the good news. What if they didn't go and tell them? What if they would have stayed still? What would have really happened? Because for every action, there's a chain reaction. That's just it. Every action, there's a chain reaction. We can say, well, God's going to do it anyway, but yeah. But it's going to take some faith from you. It's going to take some type of action for you. Why? Because even though you know God's going to do it for someone else, but he speaks to you and, and to preparing that for that person, he's doing something in you that you don't know about. See, God has a way of working these things out. And it's in the areas of our lives that we don't know that we even need to be having work in. But it's in these little trust areas, big and small, when we allow the Lord to use us in these areas, He shows us little and little and a little and a little bit more every single time. So now that we trust in Him in the small things, we could trust him in the bigger things. And the more that we trust him in the bigger things, man, there's nothing that's going to hold you back. There's no sickness. There's no, there's no disease. There's no, there's no trial. There's no temptation. There's no, no nothing that will hold you back. Why? Because your faith and your hope has been fully built into the Lord. This is where we should be striving to get ourselves while we're pursuing a relationship with Jesus. Verse 9, it says, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then the, Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests and all the things that had happened. So here they are, the chief priests, the guards. You know the guards were sweating it. The guards were sweating it. If I was a guard and all of a sudden there's a body that should have been dead and should have been stinking a little bit by now, if that body had disappeared, I would be scared for my own life because I was given a job to do. And just as these guards, they were given a job to do. In those days, if something had failed, death would come to them. So this is a very serious thing for the guards. This is exactly one of the things that the chief priests were concerned about. They didn't believe it, right? But then they didn't want it. They wanted to stop it from happening. But even as even if even those that were guarding the tomb of Jesus, they came testifying of the thing that had which happened with the angel that had appeared. And it's crazy when we think about this and what had just happened here. 
you have the soldiers that are coming to the chief priests and giving them a heads up and reported to the chief priests about everything that had happened. You read this and you're, you, you can see the, if you know the background of it, you, they're, they're facing persecution now. But here they are, they're coming, they're running, they're running, they're running. Just remember this, you just seen an angel and now you're running because now you want to let someone know what had happened because you don't want to get in trouble. But at the same time, this is something that was unimaginable that had happened. And it's crazy how unbelievers, how they can testify about God's work. It's crazy on how unbelievers will testify, will testify about God even unintentionally. So we hear it from day to day at times. We hear people talk about, well, I don't know how this happened, but it just happened. I don't, I don't know. I, I owed like $500 in PG&E, but I don't know what happened, but they gave me a rebate check instead of me giving me a bill. I don't know how that happened. I'm just glad I was lucky. No. Someone was praying for them. And that's something that God does. It's, it's not a lottery that we win. It's not something that, that, that's just considered luck. God moves on each and every person in this world, but they don't acknowledge that it's Him. But if we think about this, see, the love of God chases us. The love of God pursues us. And there's one day that we give our lives to God. There's one day that we come into a place of, you know what, we need God. And in, at that one place in time, maybe a year from now, months from now, we go back and we think about that $500 bill that we, that we owed. And we think about how we had a rebate check that was given to us. And now it makes sense. Even as though I was a sinner, you still took care of me. That was you. That wasn't luck. And we go back and we thank the Lord for all the things that he had done for us, even in our sin, even though we did not acknowledge him. Because we ask ourselves sometimes, well, why does God always do stuff for people that are not even serving him wholeheartedly, that are not even trying to serve him at all? Why does God do these things for them? For me, it feels like it never happens. Why? Because you're already blessed. Why? Because you already have the Spirit of the Lord in your life. That is blessed beyond blessed. See, what God is doing, He's building His testimony for those that still haven't came to their understanding as He is King of King and Lord of Lords. He's building up His testimony. He's building up their faith. He's building up their trust even though they are blind to it today. Because one day they're going to hear the Word of God. One day, they're going to step into a church. One day, they're going to turn around and say, that was God. That wasn't me. That was God. That wasn't, that wasn't any luck of a family member. God put it on their hearts. Because God is my provider. This is why God works in crazy ways. We, we get angry at times. Frustrated. But we're blessed beyond blessed. Our security, our hope, our peace, our love, everything falls 
into the Lord and in His presence. And they haven't experienced that yet. And it's beginning to ask the Lord for understanding why does He do certain things. And sometimes we don't even understand why. And we may never understand why. But God is perfect in all His ways. In all His ways. Heck, He got us, right? And it had to be a perfect plan because I know for some of us, we were trying to sneak around and get away from the Lord. We're doing everything that we could. Well, if I get drunk enough or I get high enough, the Lord can't speak to me. Well, obviously it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. I think I became a bar preacher at one point. I will go and get drunk and I'll just start talking about God. How crazy is that? And all of a sudden, guess what? I'm sober. And the Spirit of God is just there and I just feel His love and I feel His, His, His presence there. And it's like, man, Lord, what am I doing? What am I doing? And how has love continued to chase me? Continue to pursue me? And I acknowledge Him even more today knowing that He was there with me and kept me. When anything could have happened, I give Him the praise and the glory for keeping me alive for a day such as even today, not even caring of what I have to face tomorrow. Because tomorrow is just going to be another day. It's going to be another challenge. But I'm okay with that. Why? Because I have the victory in Jesus' name. Not in my name, not in my, not in my role, not in my position, but in Jesus' name. Verse 12, it says, when they had assembled with the elders, this is after the, after the guard man came and talked to the chief priests and told them what had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying, tell them, his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. Because they knew that if this was to get to, the, to them, that they would face death. So they're saying, you know what, we're going to give you some money. And if it gets to his ears, we're going to appease him. We're going to say whatever it takes to calm him down. Verse 15, and so they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. They bribed the soldiers into lying about what had taken place. They were willing to lie to receive something that was so temporary. They were willing to look the other way to ignore the truth. They were willing to look away to ignore the truth. How many of us have been tempted to look away and to ignore the truth? I believe some of us, if not most of us, at one time, we've turned away to ignore the truth. It's, it's, it's a thing that, that we struggle with at times because we don't want to hear the truth all the time. We want to hear the truth only when it appeases us, not when it comes against the things that we do. So there's times that we do turn away because we don't want to hear the truth. Why? Because the truth hurts. The truth sets a standard in our lives. 
they were willing to receive something temporary just to lie. Just to receive something that won't last for long. A large sum of money that was probably spent doing whatever they're doing and it was, the money was just gone. A large sum of money today, I don't know how much that would be, but I know that you at least spend 15 bucks on just a dollar, just on a, on a menu at McDonald's nowadays. Back in the days, it used to be like eight bucks. Now it's nine and then 10 and then 15 bucks just for one meal. For something so temporary that makes us feel nasty and bloated and just, who knows what they put in that food. It's the same thing with sin. There's a cost to that. We pay for it. And when we pay for it, it makes us feel this way. It makes us feel bloated. It makes us feel full of it. It makes us feel like, well, why did I even do this in the first place? For something that looks so good, for something that was just so temporary. Bribing ourselves and saying that this is the grass is greener on the other side when it's nothing but full of thorns and weeds underneath. Going on verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. But some doubted. How, 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 how is that? The eleven disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they saw him, they see him, they see it. They worshiped him, but some doubted. How, how, how can, how is that possible? You see him, you see Jesus, hello, and you're worshiping him, and you're seeing Jesus, and you're still doubting him. And you're still doubting him, you're still wondering if it's real or not. Is it a mirage? We have those. And we have some Christians, we have some believers that are out there that firmly believe in Jesus Christ, that no matter what they're going through, that they believe in him, and there are some that struggle to believe. And they're in the same church. They're in the same family. They're in the same ministry as you. They're in the same, they're the same fellowship. There are some that have been planted in the word of God that firmly believe in him. There are some that are just kind of like, well, I don't know what's going to go on today. I don't know how it's going to take place. I, 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 I don't know what's going on. I, I just don't know. And they're wavering because their faith, it's hard for them. It's a struggle to even believe. In John 11, verse 39, I'm going to say 38. Then Jesus, this, is the Lazarus, this was Lazarus when he was raised from the dead. Then Jesus, again, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. How many of you want to see the glory of God? 
How many of you want to believe and see God move in your lives? The same thing, God rose Lazarus from the dead and he told him, do you want to see these things take place? Do you want to see the glory of God? Then you have to believe. You have to believe. You have no other option. You can't say you have faith if you don't believe. You can't say you believe if you have no faith because in order to believe in something, to believe someone, you have to have faith that they're going to pull through. But if you don't have faith that Jesus Christ cannot pull through, how can you not? How can you see his glory take place? How can you see a deliverance take place? How can you see change in your own life take place if you can't believe in him? Some doubt it, even when they seen Jesus and they, his presence was there. There were still doubts. Today, we, we, there's, there's many out there that struggle with that same thing. Jesus is there. Everyone else can see Jesus on their lives, but yet they're struggling still. They have doubts. They feel Jesus. They acknowledge Jesus, but there's still that doubt that creeps in. Isn't it crazy how, 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 how God could be working in our lives, right? And let's just say, here's, here's us right here. Here's our body. Okay, this is better. Here's our body. I'm feeling happy on this side. God's, God's moving. God's doing so many things. God, nothing can stop God. I'm excited. God's going to do it. I'm, I could do anything. I'm, I, I, let's go. And on this side, I'm all depressed. I don't know if God can really do it. And here I am talking to myself saying, God can do it. And I don't know if God really can do it. You know, and we're having, a, a, we're having, a, we're having a, a conference. We're having a conversation with ourselves. On one part, we believe. On the other part, we're doubting. Why? Because on one part, you have the new creation which God has made in you. But then at the same time, guess what? That old man still wants to, wants to, wants, still wants to hang around. That old man still wants to hang on. And that doubt wants to creep in. And therefore, our minds and our hearts are encouraged. But in our actions, we're not doing nothing. We're still staying stuck in the same place. I could feel encouraged today. I could feel the Spirit of God just, just flowing in my life. I could feel all these good vibrations. I, I, I could feel God's Spirit just all over me. But if I'm just staying in one place and not doing nothing with it, then what good is it? What am I really doing? Well, I'm too tired. I'm, I'm too frustrated. I'm too this. I'm too that. But boy, I feel God all over me. Where's our faith at? Where's the work at? What, what, are, what are we pouring into this morning? What are we giving to this morning? Because I tell you one thing, I say it again and again and again. If God is just pushing on your heart and you feel it, you will not feel that restoration until you give it out. You will not feel it. I'm telling you, you won't feel it. When you have the presence of God and God's just saying, go and do this, but you have all these excuses in the world, trust me, we have them. And if we hold on to those 
and don't do it, you're going to continue to feel this way in the struggle in your faith. But when you say, you know what, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to go do it. I don't know how. And you just go and you just handle God's business. Man, you feel like a new man. You forget about, I mean, even you may even remember what was bringing you down. But that doesn't matter anymore. Because you're exercising your faith. You're exercising your belief. This is why it says in verse 18, through 20, in which I'm going to close. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. This is a commandment that was given to his disciples, a commandment that was passed on to us even today. A commandment that we cannot say that we forgot what that was because every time you enter that door, you read that sign right there. It is a constant reminder of what this ministry is about. Exactly what the scripture says. Going out into all the neighborhoods going out into all the nations, making disciples of all people, of all children, of all those who are willing to listen, of all those that are willing to take in His Word, of all those that are desiring a relationship with Jesus and teaching them to observe all these things that I have commanded you and I am with you always even to the end of age, even to the end of your life, even to the end of when you go to sleep and you don't wake up for the final time. No matter what, God is going to be with us to the very end. Even in our loneliest and scariest of times, God is there with us. God is there with us. One of the things that the Lord has just been like putting on me and put on me, put on me. And I know that he's been putting it on a lot of us is that during this time, we have to stay encouraged, encouraged. Why? Because whenever we've been faced with changes, whenever we've been, we've been faced with something that we had to face that was hard, we've always were able to overcome. Always. We're always able to not adapt to it, but to overcome it. Because when you adapt to something, you get used to it, and you live with it, and then you, you're stuck with it. We don't adapt to that. We overcome it. We forget about it. We leave it, and we get away from it. And we have to learn to no longer adapt. But we have to learn to become victorious and have victory because all these things that are just holding us back they're not going to go with you to heaven they're going to stay exactly where they belong and that's wherever God puts them he's with us to the very end even in your sleep when you don't know what's going to happen the next day 
Even when you're sick in body and you just don't know how it's going to last or how it's going to even end up, God is with us. There are many of us that are just kind of like, we don't know what's next. We don't know what's the next step. How is it going to take place? What's going to really happen? But I encourage you to know, and I encourage you today, that God is always going to be the next step. God, what is my next step? God, what is my next walk? What is my next opportunity? And be looking at it this way. Because all those worries, all they add is gray hair to our, our lives. All they, ha- all they add is stress. All they add is just a bunch of anger, a bunch of anxiousness. They add all these things. But when it comes to the Lord's will, and we can just keep going day to day. And have that confidence in Him. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. Alright guys, so that'll be it for this episode. We honestly just want to thank everybody for your support. If you or someone you know is looking for a church, our doors are still open. And you can watch on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, weekly on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You can watch any service, including the Women's Conference, on our YouTube channel, The Living Word of Christ Ministries. For directions, we are located at 1107 Alta Vista Drive, Biggersfoot, California, 93305. We will see you on the next episode, and God bless you.